This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. We're today we're going to talk about our brains. Our brains. I'm not talking about pains. I'm talking about brains. We want to talk about our brains because more and more within the news, we're hearing information concerning Alzheimer's, dementia, and uh, so many other things related to our brains. And uh, I know you all want to have brain power. On the other hand, people are scared to death of the word Alzheimer's and dementia. It's kind of like the cancer of the brain in a way. People are afraid of cancer, the word cancer, and they're terrified of the word Alzheimer's and dementia. But our guest today says these are not diseases or sicknesses that you catch. In fact, they don't appear randomly or unexpectedly. Well, they are the result of what we're feeding our bodies, doing to our bodies, or not giving to our bodies. Now, you may not have wanted to hear that, but that's exactly right. And that means there's hope. And today we want to talk about the hope for our brains. I have in front of me a very fascinating article. It's called Dehydration, Linked to Depression, Anxiety, and Cognitive Decline. It says even mild dehydration can affect our moods and cognitive performance, studies have found. But that's not all. Without water, an adult can only survive for about three days. And given that our Bodies are about 55 to 60 percent water. Some people say 70. Water is important for so many different body functions and organs, including our brains. And when the brain isn't hydrated, brain cells aren't able to work properly. They're not able to work properly when you hydrate them with alcohol either. It's been reported that 17 to 18, 28 percent of older adults are dehydrated a reason for admission to the hospital, but also perhaps one of the reasons why. Dimensions taking over, that is dementia, dementia, not dimensions, and Alzheimer's. Today on Viewpoint, we want to bring a message of hope to all of us. Uh, and our special guest today, it's been a while since Dr. Don Colbert has joined us here on the program, but he's here today again this time with his book, Healthy Brain Zone, How to Reverse Memory Loss and Reduce Your Risk of Dementia and Alzheimer's. You really say, Dr. Don, that you can reverse memory loss? That's got to be hope for a lot of people. Yes, we can, provided one little caveat. We have to catch it in time because once it's severe, once that brain has formed tremendous amount of beta amyloid plaque, tangles and scarring and shrunken like a grape will shrink to the size of a raisin it's too late <laughs> well we... i can understand the you know the uh, the shrinking part uh, the tangled business but all of that uh, other medical lingo that's a tough kind of thing for us to swallow well what that means is simply the brain becomes inflamed and it starts to scar and create this goop called beta amyloid that literally is created from infect when you have chronic infections or chronic inflammation, which, by the way, most Americans are inflamed due to their diet 
And when you have chronic inflammation and or chronic infection, your brain creates this substance called beta amyloid Mm. that seals it off and prevents the inflammation or the infection from reaching the brain. So it starts to downsize the brain. Wow. And what's amazing is so many Americans have too much inflammation in their bodies from their diet. So we have too much inflammation and not enough inspiration. (laughs) Absolutely right. (laughs) And most of our... Most of our inflammation comes from our diet. Just the standard American diet is highly inflammatory with all its sugar and highly processed foods and bad fats and fried foods and hydrogenated fats. And even the form of wheat and the dairy we eat is is inflammatory to a lot of people. Well, that's true. In fact, my wife uh, discovered that uh, uh, the wheat that we have here in this country uh, causes some real problems with her digestive system Absolutely. but she found a place she found a place that gets the wheat from europe right correct. and it's completely different she doesn't exactly. have any reaction to it exactly right this wheat here in this country is dwarf wheat and it's highly antigenic meaning that it inflames our guts or our gi tract and can create increased intestinal permeability which creates inflammation in our gut but also there's a gut brain connection and it creates inflammation in our brain. So a lot of people don't realize when they eat wheat or pasta or any kind of, uh, you know, grain that's got wheat in it, they wonder why they have so much brain fog and fatigue. And it's because that wheat that they're eating is probably inflammatory to their bodies and especially their gut and their brain. Unbelievable. So, you know, why is it, uh, doctor, that Every time we hear about some kind of a problem, a medical problem or so on, somebody wants to talk about our diet. That's offensive to a lot of people. It is offensive because (laughs) we love our food and we love our, especially the sugar and the breads and the rolls and the biscuits and the ice cream and all the foods that's highly Now, wait a minute. You mentioned ice cream. Now you've gone from from, uh, preaching to meddling. Oh, yeah, well, that's an inflammatory food. Now, you can have a little bit or try a little coconut ice cream low in sugar. Oh, okay. But I'm trying to save your brain unless you want to, uh, again, people are sowing seeds for Alzheimer's, for a harvest of Alzheimer's. Well, somebody's got to save my brain because uh, I've been doing this for 28, uh, almost 28 years now wow. here on the air. And I've got to preserve my memory because uh, without that, I have nothing to offer. Exactly right. And so, again, we know the right diet to prevent and or reverse early to mid-stage, you know, Alzheimer's disease, which is a uh, low-carbohydrate, high-healthy-fat diet that's got lots of fiber, lots of veggies in it, and that's a healthy diet. I wrote a book on that last year called Beyond Keto, and I mentioned it in this book, too, because Mm -hmm. the diet is critically important, but it had a written an entire book on the diet with it, it had been a book of 500 pages. Yeah. So I had to combine the two so they get the most, the majority of the dietary portion and beyond keto. Yeah. The healthy keto diet, and I emphasize the word healthy, is probably the most important diet for brain health. It removes those inflammatory foods that we are addicted to, the bread, the grains, the corn, the hydrogenated foods, the partially hydrogenated foods, the excessive saturated fats, the fried foods, and it puts in all those healthy vegetables, the healthy oils in the form of extra virgin, high polyphenol olive oil, as well as avocado oil, as well as seeds and nuts. And then also combining that with those healthy veggies, the healthy fibers, 
the uh, salad veggies, and you have, and uh, along with healthy proteins, of course, like right. you know your grilled or baked chicken and turkey and fish, and even eggs. Your pastured organic eggs are very healthy for most. If you can and buy so, them, yeah, if you can buy them right now, it's hard with this, all this inflation going on. Eggs are very expensive. Yeah, like I heard by steak. the way. I heard by the way, providing hope to people just today. I heard that the price on eggs may be reduced by thirty percent this year. So uh, that'll be provide hope for us. And uh, your your message here for us today is to give us hope. Uh, you're a Christian doctor. You're providing. And all of your materials are made available through uh, uh, Charisma, uh, my friend, uh, uh, Steve Strang, Steve Strang, yeah. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna open this up today, and uh, hopefully you're gonna fill us with all this good, wonderful information. We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station, or anytime at saveus.com. O-R-G. I'm sure, my friends, that you will be thrilled to know that there are four different kinds of dementia. That's exactly what you wanted to hear, right? Four different kinds of dementia. And uh, our guest today says that uh, Alzheimer's uh, makes up 70% of dementia cases. And then there's something else called Lewy body dementia, 20% of dementia cases, vascular dementia, another 10%, and frontotemporal dementia, another small percentage. But today we want to talk about our whole brain situation, because without our brains, we cannot function. It's, it's the command center of our body commands our nervous system, it commands everything else, and the memory that we so desperately need. So I know uh, Don, Dr. Don Colbert, is uh, speaking to all of us here today. There's not a single soul that he's not speaking to as we talk about this. Now, one of the terms that you keep repeating, though, is the term inflammation, now, that may seem very strange to a lot of people. They hear it. We hear it all the time, inflammation. But what in the world does that really mean when we're talking about the brain? Well, first of all, inflammation is a good thing if it's just temporary or acute inflammation. Like tonsillitis, that's inflammation of the tonsils. But when we take a medicine or if our immune system's strong enough, it can clear the inflammation and clear the tonsillitis. Or take, it, for example, a splinter in your foot. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have redness or inflammation around the splinter, splinter, but when you remove the splinter, the inflammation goes, and that's part of the immune system, white blood cells going in there and fighting any infection, see? Now, if the inflammation is chronic, such as in Alzheimer's disease, you have chronic, unremitting inflammation, which damages the brain and creates a form of uh, scar tissue or or glue or goo in the brain mm. called beta amyloid. That That's scary. It downsizes the brain. It's like spider webs creeping into your brain and literally shutting off 
and destroyed brain cells, synapses, axons, dendrites. So the brain undergoes a downsizing type program with chronic inflammation. All right. Now, is there any glue be gone uh, that could be taken for <laughs> removing all of this uh, gunk for the brain? A very good question. And absolutely. <laughs> when we change our diets, that's uh, the first thing we need to do is change our diet to an anti-inflammatory type of a diet. Uh-huh. And the food that so happens to inflame the brain more than most is sugar and high glycemic and high carbohydrate foods and starches. Okay, and so, now there are different kinds of carbohydrates, aren't there? I mean, there are sure. some that uh, virtually turn to sugar immediately, right. and then there are like, others like that are long-term uh, dissolvers into sugar. They're not correct. so bad, are they? Uh, correct. And again, I discussed that because I discussed two different diets that help to protect you against Alzheimer's. One is a healthy ketogenic diet. That's a low-carb diet with mm-hmm. lots of veggies, with lots of healthy oils like olive oil, mm-hmm. and avocado oil, and nuts and seeds, and the Mediterranean diet, which contains whole grains, and whole grains help to uh, lower the glycemic index so you don't get the sugar surge that these uh, processed carbohydrates like white rice and white bread and white potatoes and especially when they're highly processed, they spike the blood sugar, creating more inflammation in the brain. So you mm. want uh, there's either one of two programs that work the best dietary programs. The, the healthy ketogenic is the healthiest program for the brain because it lowers the blood sugar so much that it turns way down that inflammation. It puts in those healthy anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. oils like olive oil and fish oil and avocado oil and nuts that are powerful anti-inflammatory. All right, well, let's suppose that somebody has uh, uh, on the verge of hypoglycemia. Aren't they going to want to have uh, plenty of sugar in their diet so that oh, uh, they don't? they're going to crave sugar. Absolutely. They're going to crave it. And without it, they're going to get lightheaded, really grumpy, and really irritable. And maybe keel over. Well, they won't keel over, but they'll want to kill you. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> they'll get real irritated, aggravated at you, and they'll get real snippy. So what we have to do for those patients, we have to give them fiber, because fiber, along with the uh, low-glycemic carbs or whole-grain carbs, keeps that sugar from rising too high, and the oil also lowers the glycemic index. So adding some olive oil, like if they want toast, instead of white bread, choose Ezekiel bread, toast it, and pour some olive oil on it. And that's ideal food for well, you. Well, if you, you eat Ezekiel bread, will that make you a prophet? <laughs> it won't make you a prophet, but it will definitely profit your brain. Ah, okay. Because okay. it okay. lowers that glycemic index. You're getting that living, sprouted food, and you're getting high fiber. So if you right. don't eat bread, at least eat the Ezekiel bread, toast it. It tastes better that way. It's it's good to know that you can't catch Alzheimer's. Uh, well, on the other hand, you hear it so much that it almost sounds like you do catch it. Is it something right. that you inherit from uh, oh, uh, coming down point. through your DNA? Absolutely. Uh, 25% of the population will inherit it because they have the Alzheimer's gene. One out of four Americans have the Alzheimer's gene. And you either have a single copy and your risk of Alzheimer's jumps from 9% to 30%, or you have the double copy and your risk for Alzheimer's jumps 50% between the ages of 50 and 70, which is ridiculously high. Otherwise, if you don't have the gene, which three-quarters of us don't have the gene, you only have a 9% risk. But if you have the gene, guess what? You can find out we can manipulate the gene. 
But first, you have to know if you have it. And in order to do that, you need to ask your doctor to do the APOE gene test. Simple test. I do it multiple, time, multiple times a day along with the homocysteine level. Hmm. Homocysteine is like poison from the, for the brain. It, it, it inflames and degenerates the brain, especially if it's over 10. But if you have the Alzheimer's gene, you have to get it below 7. And most doctors never check for it. And if they check for it, you know what the normal level? I just had a patient this morning bring their homocysteine level in. They said, oh, it's normal. They were all happy. And I look at it and I said, it's 16.2. It's not normal. They said the normal says from 0 to 21.2. I said, if it's over 10, your brain's inflamed and probably degenerating. So, again, oh, your doctor doesn't know this. That's why we've got to educate the people. I thought you were here to bring hope. Well, I mean, that, I get sounds it down. A, that sounds like a message of misery. No, not at all. I get it down. <laughs> we're gonna, his homocysteine is going to be normal within the next three to six months, provided he takes the simple supplements that I put him on. Oh, okay. Act, yeah, it's real simple to get it down and inexpensive. So that's the good news. All right. But if you have the gene, it's so important to recognize if you have it and then go on a program to protect your brain early instead of late. Simple things we can do. If anyone has that Alzheimer's gene, alcohol is poison to your brain, even a small amount. Mm, so, I, mm, mm. so I talk patients through this because so many people are drinking alcohol and they're literally pushing their brains toward Alzheimer's because they say, oh, the Bible says a little alcohol is good. Timothy did it, so I drink my right. alcohol before I go to bed. I said, no, 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 you can't do that if you have the gene. You're going to literally push your brain toward Alzheimer's. And plus, when you drink alcohol at night, you don't enter that deep stage three and four sleep. And sleep is when our brain gets rid of beta amyloid, especially when you sleep on your side. Wow. Provided, provided it's good, deep, well-oxygenated sleep, not sleep apnea. So, again, sleep is one of the best ways to remove the garbage disposal system of the body that's activated during deep sleep where it removes the beta amyloid that literally is associated with Alzheimer's disease. All right, so the the thought, uh, the words moderation in all things doesn't necessarily work all the time because uh, even a little bit of alcohol is going to uh, begin to work very negatively on your brain. If you have the Alzheimer's cheat. And, and like if I you say, don't, you're still going to work on it, isn't it? Well, if you take too much, correct. Yeah. But if you don't have the gene, a little bit of alcohol, maybe one glass a day of red wine may be beneficial to your brain. But if you're the 25% that have the gene, if you drink alcohol, it's going to push your brain toward Alzheimer's disease. So that's critically important because I see this all the time. I see patients that come in and say, I have my little glass of wine every night. I said, what? You can't do that. You've got the Alzheimer's gene. You're pushing your brain toward Alzheimer's. Well, that's why I can't remember my phone number. Well, that's why I can't remember where I'm living. And so, again, we've got to quit poison our brains, and it's so simple how to do it. We just have to manipulate a few major factors, and then the brain goes into a healing state. Mm. Well, friends, I want to make available to you uh, Dr. Colbert's uh, book. It is uh, called Healthy Brain Zone. Reversing memory loss and reducing your risk of dementia and Alzheimer's. I can't think of anything that uh, people would would rather find out about and do something about than this. And uh, it's yours, friends, for your gift of twenty four dollars to Save America Ministries. It's hardbound. 
Your gift for twenty-four thousand, excuse me, twenty-four dollars to Save America Ministries. We'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at one eight hundred Save USA, one eight hundred Save USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box seven zero eight seven nine, Richmond, Virginia two three two five five. Writing a check at five dollars for postage and handling. Uh, the Bible says that uh, the Word of God is like medicine to us. Uh, Dr. Don, and uh, uh, you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, are you not? Amen. Absolutely. All right. And he gives us wisdom, does he not? Absolutely, he does. And so what you're sharing with us is some of the wisdom that is coming to us to save us from our own selves, isn't it? Absolutely. So God is interested in our health. He created us. He knows our down sittings and our uprisings. He knows our lust for sugar or uh, white bread or whatever it is you lust after, my friend. And uh, what he wants to do is bring us into a place uh, of, shall we say, homeostasis with regard to our brains so that they're, they're at peace, they're not inflamed, and they're carrying on what God would have us to do. Absolutely right. Okay. Okay. Now, there are different levels. You doctors have uh, talked about different levels of uh, cognitive impairment as you you talk about it. Uh, What are those levels, just briefly? Well, we have moderate, or first of all, mild Alzheimer's. And mild Alzheimer's is characterized by certain symptoms that people start to struggle to find the right word. They forget um, material that they've just read. They may have just read it just a minute prior, and they forget what they read. Or they start Mm -hmm. to lose Mm -hmm. objects or misplace objects or documents. You know what? It sounds like I must have had that when I was about 16. When I was following the read the Bible through in a year, three chapters a day and five on Sunday. And by the time I read two chapters, I couldn't remember what they were when I got to the third chapter. And on Sundays, it was putting me to sleep. Right, exactly. And that's what a lot of Christians do. They just read to read, but they're not comprehending. Exactly. So that wasn't dementia then. No, that's not dementia. And that's That's not not pre-Alzheimer's. Not at all. Okay, just checking. That's simply not focusing on what you're reading. But another major clue that someone's got early Alzheimer's is they start asking you the same question or telling you the same story over and over, and they forgot that they had asked you the question five or ten or twenty minutes ago. And that's just mild? That's mild. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> okay. I, know. I think there are a lot of people that are coming to your mind, my friends out there, <laughs> who are now, telling the same stories. Now, the next stage after mild is moderate, and in these patients, they're characterized by more confusion. They many times get lost or confused, especially driving. They forget where their home is or where their office is or where the mall is. They start wandering off. They start forgetting events or part of their personal history. Uh, they get confused about what day it is or what month it is, like I had a patient this morning and he had moderate Alzheimer's, and I asked him, well, what month is it? Well, uh, I'm not sure. I said, well, can you at least take a guess? And he got it right. He said, February. I said, what day is it? And he didn't know what day it was at all. <laughs> well, what, what city are you in? Well, I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. I said, well, you got that right. That's he it. might have said it's the day of the Lord. 
That's right. <laughs> that's true. He might have. He might have been right then. <laughs> I know that's true. But but also the, the the memory loss gets worse. They usually start to need help in choosing their clothes, or they start layering their clothes. They start putting their shirt on and another shirt and another shirt. Oh and a my! Pair of trousers and another pair of trousers. Wow! See, this happened to my father. He went through Alzheimer's, ended up in a nursing home. And that's what led me to study about this, because he, he was an on-fire Christian, would try and lead someone to the Lord every single day, yet he spent the last 12 to, 15, 12 to 13 years of his life in a nursing home, literally checked out. So his brain was on fire. His brain was... First it was brain. his spirit, and then it was his yeah. brain. <laughs> his brain, you're absolutely right. <laughs> oh, you're good. man. You're oh, good. man. <laughs> but, but see, if you don't catch it, it leads to severe Alzheimer's. Okay, well, we want to talk uh, more about what we can do. You've given us some uh, some overarching principles here, and we're going to get into it a little bit more specific and uh, see if we can't understand what we can do to avoid Alzheimer's. We'll be right back. There is back. so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcasts live and archive. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Today on Viewpoint, we're providing hope uh, for us with regard to advancing age, uh, whether or not you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s. You know, 60 is the new 40 uh, these days, they say. And, uh, you know, we're living longer except with regard to COVID. Uh, That shortened our uh, life expectancy here in this country, particularly when we took the the jab. This has shortened life expectancy uh, tremendously here in this country. But aside from that, uh, we're living longer, and more and more we're experiencing this deterioration of the brain that uh, Dr. Colbert, our uh, guest today, says is not necessary, at least to the extent that what we're experiencing it. We're accelerating it. And he said we're accelerating it because largely what we're eating. Uh, I'm looking right now at the beginning of his book in which he talks about uh, things that are, shall we say, in general, causation factors. Chronic inflammation, chronic stress, chronic exposure to toxins, general anesthesia, genetics, gum disease, insulin resistance, a lack of key nutrients, leaky gut, low oxygen while sleeping, a poor diet, sedentary lifestyle, unbalanced hormones, and more. Uh, That's cutting across a very wide swath of our lives, uh, Don. Absolutely right. That's why one of the first things I do for these patients, I 
check them. If a man's neck is 17 inches or greater, or a woman, if her neck is 16 inches or greater, the chance of her having sleep apnea is very high. And that's one of the main causes of dementia or memory loss because you're not getting enough oxygen to your brain. And these people generally, they develop a dry mouth. They start uh, gasping for air in the middle of the night or they stop breathing for five or ten seconds and then will gasp for air. So, again, that's a common thing we're seeing with the obesity epidemic. And that's why we have CPAP machines. Exactly right. All right, and you don't have to be obese to have it. Exactly right. As we age, our palate will sag more. So a lot of people in their 60s and 70s have sleep apnea, yet they have slender necks, and they're wondering why their memory's going and why they just can't sleep well and they wake up with a dry mouth. And in the morning when they get up, these Mm -hmm. people are usually real tired. They're exhausted, yet they've slept eight hours Uh, because they're waking up 50 to 100 times a night and they're getting low oxygen to the brain, not enough oxygen to the brain. The brain is starving for oxygen, what it needs more than anything. And a CPAP machine then becomes an essential element for good health. Exactly right. Okay, because you've got to be able to get a good night's sleep and you've got to get full oxygen uh, that's going to oxygenate your your brain and system. Correct. And again, some people, if they lose 20, 25 pounds, they're, generally it'll help their sleep apnea enough where their oxygenation to their brain is normal. Wow. Okay. So that's simple. Now, you have uh, stated in your book, and I, I was a little surprised when I saw this, you say it's a fact. Now, the fact that we're about to reveal makes you sound like a sexist, but uh, here's the the fact. Women are twice as likely as men to get Alzheimer's or dementia. Really? Exactly. You know why? Why? Because a woman lives longer than a man. Oh! (laughs) Okay. Okay. And the longer we live, the greater our risk of Alzheimer's. Well, okay, you've protected yourself now. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, you would have uh, a a kind of uh, severe inflammation of your, right, medical, sure, of your medical practice that might uh, be destructive. Okay. Uh, well, it's a simple thing we see, but I have a friend. I have a friend in Russia, and he's a pastor of a big church over there. And uh-huh. he says he's never seen a Russian with Alzheimer's. And I said, "How is this?" He says, "Well, they eat a natural diet and they walk everywhere, and so they get so much exercise he never sees it." But also, I checked. And they die a lot younger. They die in their <laughs> mid-60s. Okay. That would make a huge difference. Now, you've described two different levels of Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, how about when it really gets bad? What does that look like? Now, this is severe Alzheimer's. These people forget their surroundings. Uh, they forget that they think they're uh, not at home, and they say, they talk to their caregiver or their whoever's staying with them, take me home, yet they've been living there for 50 years. Mm. But their mind reverts back to when they were a little kid, oh, and they're boy. thinking of their mother's home, see? So they forget their surroundings. They get lost very easily. They can walk outside, and they'll just wander off, and they'll get lost. All right, so and this they, is actually what, uh, unfortunately, our President Ronald Reagan had yes, uh, in the end yes. of his years. Correct. And, jo- and President George Bush Sr. had the same thing. Mm. But see, after age 85, it's a coin flip. 50% will develop Alzheimer's just due to old age. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so important to keep the brain young by taking the hormones and the nutrients and the diet and all these other factors we need, like exercise and intermittent fasting, 
which will help protect our brains from Alzheimer's in our 80s and 90s and even up to 100. You have another it's a fact here. Uh, The normal aging of memory affects 40% of people in their 50s, 50% of people in their 60s, and 70% of people age 70 and over. Uh, that's consigning the whole baby boom generation. <laughs> well, what's happening, they start having senior moments where they struggle to find that word, word struggling. See, they forget the word, and they're starting to struggle. That's the brain literally starting to struggle. The synapses are starting to go. The brain, you're losing brain cells, so it's really important to intervene when that happens, or else it's a gradual slide that will eventually become like a black diamond slope on the ski slopes instead of a little bunny slope. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're characterizing this in such ways. Uh, you know, the rest of us, we're, we're, we're just trying to uh, live. We're trying to get along. We're trying to uh, keep a radio program going, trying to absorb all the information, trying to understand and hear the word of the Lord and so on. Uh, but these things are affecting us all, and I think... This may be the reason why the writer of Ecclesiastes said, uh, remember now your creator in the days of your youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when you shall say, I have no pleasure in them. (laughs) Exactly right. But uh, something that the Word of God talks about in 1 Timothy 4.8, that bodily exercise profits little. Well, let me tell you, it profits your brain a lot. And if you can start making it a daily practice or at least five days a week of walking uh, just, you know, 20 minutes a day, it's mm-hmm. the single most thing, important thing you can do to prevent and improve memory loss. Are you kidding me? No, just walking. Just walking. Just walking. One of the best things you can do. Now, if you can combine that with intermittent fasting, where you fast for at least 14 hours a day or a night, I just tell people, skip breakfast. Instead of breakfast, have your coffee, but instead of cream or sugar, don't put sugar, put stevia or or monk fruit in there. Mm -hmm. And then you are still in a fasting state and fast that 14 to 16 hours a day. That is the most powerful, one of the most powerful things we can do for the brain. It unleashes a process in our brain called autophagy, where the brain starts to take the old worn-out cells and abnormal proteins. It recycles the components of the cells and regenerates and makes brand-new mitochondria, increasing and boosting energy in the brain. And it also removes the the beta amyloid, the substance that degenerates our brain. So when we're fasting, we're getting that along with it's boosting the brain-derived neurotrophic factor that starts to restore and repair the brain. So it's one of the most powerful things we can do, exercise and intermittent fasting or just fasting 14 hours a night. And that's what I like to do. I like to finish dinner by 6 p.m. and then I try and eat breakfast at 8 a.m. the next morning. Mm. That's 14 hours. It's okay. That Interesting. All right. So you're, you're calling that intermittent fasting. Correct. We're hearing a lot about that these days. Oh, it's very powerful. And it's one of the best things you can do, simple things you can do to prevent Alzheimer's disease. And I try and put all my patients with early or mid-stage Alzheimer's disease on an intermittent fasting program. All right. Suppose that uh, we're talking to somebody who is in their 40s right now, between 40 and 50. Right. You've Uh, talked about exercise. You've talked about eating this proper diet. Right. The diet would be either the healthy keto diet, Uh more of a that has lots of fiber, that doesn't have all the um, 
bad fats like too many people on the keto diet eat slabs of bacon and sausage and butter <laughs> and cream and cheese. That's the unhealthy keto diet. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the healthy keto diet with lots of olive oil, avocado oil, seeds and nuts and fiber and green veggies, okay? So that's really important, or at least the, the healthy Mediterranean diet, okay? Mm-hmm. okay. And, then, and then doing that along with getting good sleep, about eight hours of well oxygenated sleep, Mm -hmm. and they find that if you sleep on your side, that it removes more beta amyloid from your brain by activating the lymphatic system of the brain that's similar to the lymphatics, which enables your brain to remove uh, 10 to 20 times more beta amyloid, which that's why I I try and sleep on my side. Wow. So is that the reason why if a person sleeps most of the time on their back, they ended up end up with a, a lot of uh, back pain in the morning? Well, again, when you sleep on your limp- side, it's, it's going your palate's going to be more prone to sag, and you'll be more prone to get more sleep apnea ah, symptoms. I and see. also, you may get back pain, but the thing is you're not getting that removal of beta amyloid that you would get if you would sleep on your side. The right. side sleepers maximize the lymphatic, similar to the lymphatics, or the waste disposal system of the brain, where the brain dumps its trash out. And the main trash it dumps is beta amyloid when you sleep on your side. So real important. Now, in order to sleep on your side, I tell some patients, get a little plastic, little a ball, similar to a ping pong ball, but a little hard ball. Get a pocket, sew it in the back of your T-shirt, and put that little ball in there, and sew it, stitch it shut, and then wear that to bed, and it'll keep you from laying on your back. Simple little thing you can do. Interesting. Boy, you're a you're a clever fella. <laughs> well, I have to think of all simple things that people can do because the wives come and say, I can't get my husband to turn on his side. I said, simple thing we can do, just... Take this to a seamstress, get a little cheap T-shirt, cut a pocket out, put it on the back, sew it, and then put a little ball in there, a little a plastic ball, tiny, like the size of a little ping pong or golf ball. Mm-mm-mm. And that'll keep him from laying on his back. That'll work great. All right. The folk out there in uh, Palestine, uh, Ohio, yes, are uh, struggling. They're very concerned about all of the uh, chemicals that are coming out, uh, desperate, uh, dangerous chemicals. Uh do they have concerns about, uh, should they have concerns about dementia and Alzheimer's coming from that? Reserve your comment until after this break. Uh, that's something right before us now, and it's spreading through the rivers of America. We'll talk right back with Dr. Colbert in just a moment. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church.
Again, we're talking with Dr. Don Colbert here today on Viewpoint concerning his book, Healthy Brain Zone, How to Reverse Memory Loss and Reduce Her Risk of Dementia and Alzheimer's. And we're going to talk about this reversal aspect in this final segment of the program today. But before we do, uh, Doctor, what do you say about the uh, explosion of uh, these chlorine gases and others uh, coming out of that uh, railroad disaster. Well, again, there's a tremendous amount of toxin, toxic material they're exposed to, the vinyl chloride, and when that vinyl chloride was ignited, it created a more, even more toxic type of chemical mm-hmm. that was actually used in chemical warfare during World War II. Wow. So these are very toxic chemicals that will store in certain areas of the body and if these are not taken care of, if people are drinking this water, their risk of many different kinds of cancers, as well as Alzheimer's and brain degeneration, will most definitely increase. So, again, that's going to create inflammation in the brain. The brain is a fatty organ. It's about 60% fat. And these solvents and chemicals will literally be in the brain, degenerating the brain and inflaming the brain. And the unfortunate thing is that uh, now it's seeping into the water levels. It's going through the rivers, uh, America's major rivers now, even the Mississippi River. uh, Reminds me of what uh, the Scripture said in Isaiah 18, talking about the land that the rivers have spoiled. Uh, I'm wondering if that isn't actually America that it was talking about. Well, it very possibly could be because we are unfortunately poisoning our lands. And uh, again, I drink bottled water or filtered water, but I don't know if we can even be able to filter a lot of these chemicals out. These are very powerful toxins and solvents. And so, again, it's important to get water from regions you know that are pure. All right. I agree with that. Uh, There are a number of ways to get pure water one of those is to get uh, one of these uh, major water filter units uh, which we have offered here on our program for years on our website Uh, they're pretty expensive now Uh, another is they have these uh, straws Uh, they're supposed to uh, help purify the majority of your water particularly for backpackers but they could be used by others but when you when you start thinking that your water is being that contaminated in general in the society, uh, that's very troubling. Oh, it is, because I'm just wondering, a lot of these simple machines, are they going to be able to filter out these powerful solvents? Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to see proof that it does work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now, we're talking about... uh, We're talking about how to actually reverse memory loss. And uh, one wonders if that really is possible, if you've lost your memory, if it's fading, if, if, it's, uh, uh, if, if you've set yourself well on the course for dementia or Alzheimer's, how in the world can you possibly reverse that? Can you run uh, your brain through a filter system? What do you have to do? Well, good question. Well, first of all, we have to find the source. What is triggering this major memory slide? Is it inflammation? Is it high homocysteine? Is it genetic? Is it sugar? Is it toxins such as uh, heavy metals like mercury? Is it mold toxins? What is the main trigger for it? Or is it cerebrovascular disease, blood vessels forming plaque? Or is it from trauma? So we determine what it is, what the inflammatory markers are. I have a battery of tests I do. And we got to get the inflammation under control, usually with diet, 
uh, start with a healthy keto diet. That's the first stage we do. And then we also will uh, make sure that they well, have well-oxygenated sleep or if they need a CPAP machine. Mm-hmm. I start the intermittent fasting uh, 14 to 16 hours a night is critical, mm-hmm. along with the healthy keto diet because that pulls them out the fastest. And then I also start them on just a walking program, 20 minutes, uh, at least five days a week. Well, that okay, isn't that much, 20 right. minutes. No, 20 minutes. If they'll do that, that's a great start. Now, they can work up to 30 but at least 20 minutes, we find, that'll activate the brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which helps the brain to heal. All right, so you don't now, have to go to a gym. You don't have to take out a membership somewhere. You can walk together all. with someone else. You can walk uh, with the Lord in the light of his word. <laughs> exactly, sure. Yeah, you could, there, so walking uh, is, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, is one of the healthiest things that a person can do. Absolutely right. And again, you don't have, I tell people, walk fast enough so that you can't sing. If you're walking and singing, you're walking way too slow. But, okay. Okay. If you're walking so fast that you can't talk, you need to slow down. It's simple. So if you're singing, speed up. If you're able to talk, that's fine. Okay. Okay. And so, again, walking is critical. One of the biggest things people need to understand is get your doctor to check your homocysteine level, homocysteine. Homocysteine is that toxic amino acid. If it's over 10, your brain's in trouble. you got to get the homocysteine level down, but you have to know first if it's high. I explained in the book exactly how to get it down with these inexpensive vitamins. They're real inexpensive, and they will bring it down to normal, typically within three to six months. But if you're drinking a lot of coffee, it raises homocysteine. Please, whatever you do, get the uh, Alzheimer's gene test, the APOE gene test. If you are one of the unfortunate ones that have the APOE 4 gene, that is the Alzheimer's gene. If you have one copy, you have a 30% risk of getting Alzheimer's early. If you have two copies, you have a greater than 50% chance. Now, you're talking about somebody that has the gene. Yes, correct. Okay. On the other hand, we're being told that coffee... Uh, is uh, has, has some very potent health benefits. Absolutely. Coffee so, is wonderful for the brain, but too much. <laughs> if you drink 32 ounces, you could be raising your homocysteine level, so there's a, there's a balance that we need. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> okay, but as long as you're under 32 ounces, you're fine. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, okay, so... You got to have a big straw to take in thirty-two ounces. I know, but you'd be shocked how many people they don't drink it by the cup; they drink it by the pot. I see a lot of these patients. Now, uh. the other thing really important is getting knowing what your hormone levels are, especially in men. Your total and free testosterone, as well as your PSA. Mm-hmm. I also check the DHEAS level and pregnenolone level, and I optimize those hormones with bioidentical hormones. For women, I do the same thing. Uh, estrogen is really important for the woman's brain, but there's so much breast cancer, we don't really right. push estrogen. We right. use testosterone, which also protects the female brain. Interesting. So we uh, find that testosterone boosts the brain-derived neurotrophic factor that helps the brain rewire and regrow and undergo plasticity or forming new brain cells, repairing old brain cells, and repairing synapses. It's really powerful, and I use a lot. And for women, we sometimes have to get their level up to about 150 to 200, but it does amazing things for the woman. It makes them strong. 
It keeps them from, it makes their bones strong, it makes their brain strong, and it keeps them from getting feeble or frail when they get older. And you say, wait, I'll, I'll grow a beard or I'll lose the hair on my head. No, you don't, because we can put you on natural things such as pumpkin seed oil and protect your hair just a little bit. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about a few things that people can really, really relate to here. They can relate to walking and uh, they can relate to vitamin D. Uh, we're told that uh, people who really got severe, uh... now I'm losing, I'm, I must, well, I let must me, have... Let me pick that up, because your vitamin D is your most important vitamin for your brain, yeah. or one of the most important. Vitamin D is involved in uh, what it, it helps to turn on over 900 different genes in your body and in your brain, which is very important. It also helps to restore and repair synapses in your brain. So I try and get my patients vitamin D3 levels or 25-hydroxy-D3 between 50 and 80, which is the sweet spot. Mm. It typically takes between 2,000 and 5,000 units a day to achieve which, that. Which, fortunately, I am meeting that uh, standard. So good. <laughs> thank Very you good. so much. Oh, absolutely. But because that's extremely important. We're, we're told right. that... Uh, Vitamin D protected against the virus, yeah, uh, COVID-19, sure and did. also zinc. Where does zinc. that affect, affect the brain? Well, zinc is important. It's important for the immune system, but it also having at least 10, 10 milligrams a day will help the brain, too. Mm. And so zinc is not critical. Vitamin D is, however, critical. But I'll tell you something that is critical are your B vitamins. Now, 40% of Americans have a mutation in their MTHFR gene, meaning that they cannot make adequate amounts of the uh, active form of the folic acid that's really important for the brain, especially to lower homocysteine. So uh, 40% of us don't have that ability to make adequate amounts. So you need the active form of the folic acid or have your doctor check your MTHFR gene. And so that's critically important, or just take the active form of folic acid. So, again, one of the best things to restore the synapses in your brain is fish oil, but not just any fish oil. It's especially the DHA, uh, the uh, docohexanoic acid. How about salmon? Salmon has that in it. Absolutely. Eat wild salmon, not farm-raised. Wild salmon a few days a week would be actually, actually very healthy for the brain, or sardines or anchovies. Come or on, herring. give me a break. <laughs> yes, any of those are good. <laughs> they may not taste as good as salmon, but they're good for your brain. They're my, high in My DHA. grandfather used to eat uh, anchovies, and I couldn't believe that he could down those things. Oh, I love them. Whenever I get a Caesar salad, I ask for my wife's anchovies, and she gladly gives them to me. Oh, <laughs> okay. my goodness. So oh, I my love goodness. Them. I'll take Dr. yours Dr. Don, like I'm, I'm, I'm starting to question your sanity now. <laughs> <laughs> love those anchovies and their brain food. Okay. Turmeric. Where does that Fit in. Oh, my goodness. Now, I love turmeric or curcumin. It just so happens that uh, turmeric or curcumin is a staple over in India, mm-hmm. and they have much less Alzheimer's than we have in America. Interesting. What curcumin or turmeric does is it binds to beta amyloid and pulls it out of the brain. Wow. So I take turmeric every single day. So I do I. It, I take at least 1,000 milligrams twice a day, and I encourage patients to do the same. And another spice, since we're talking about spice that's really good for your brain, is cinnamon. Oh, we just talked about cinnamon oh, just last goodness. week. 
cinnamon is so good, especially the Ceylon, C-E-Y-L-O-N, uh, cinnamon is real inexpensive. You can get capsules of it or you can mm-hmm. get the spice, but it's a very uh, high-quality cinnamon that boosts the brain-derived neurotrophic factor in the brain, and it just tremendously protective for the brain. Well, it also helps the metabolism tremendously. Oh, it helps sugar. lowers blood sugar. Another major cause. The higher the sugar is, the more inflamed the brain. If anybody is on the edge of uh, uh, diabetes, uh, you need to be taking cinnamon. Absolutely. They're very inexpensive. The Ceylon cinnamon capsules is about 500 milligrams per capsule. You can can take uh, one or two of those with each meal. It keeps the sugar down protects the brain, and also if you have diabetes, it brings the sugar under control in a lot of my diabetes. Right. I reserve the best to last, okay? The best to last. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the dessert. My wife has an interesting sign that we found. It says, whenever I hear the word exercise, I wash my mouth out with chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That is good. Well, now let's chocolate. talk about chocolate because actually well, we're finding that dark chocolate is one of the one of the most healthy healthy things that we can take. Yes, absolutely. Chocolate in moderation, that is. Yes, in moderation, as long as it's low sugar chocolate. Yeah. and high in flavonols. Now, your dark chocolate is not. Oh, excuse me. Your milk chocolate is not so healthy. Dark no. chocolate is. It improves blood flow to the brain. It's great, wonderful for the brain. And however, if you take too much chocolate, chocolate tends to have two of the heavy metals in it when consumed excessively, and that's lead and cadmium. Ouch. And and so if you're eating lots of chocolate, you want to get chocolate that's low in lead and cadmium because those metals can actually long-term hurt your brain. All right, friends. Moderation. (laughs) Moderation in all things, but we got to get the things that we need to take in moderation. And uh, Dr. Colbert has given us answers here that you can live by. Healthy Brain Zone, reverse memory loss and reduce your risk of dementia and Alzheimer's. $24 is going to put this life-saving book in your hands. Go to our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Get your copy there. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. You see, we're not always dealing with things out there. We're dealing with things right in here, too. Discipling for destiny to be the kind of people that God would have us to be healthy so that we can fulfill his purposes in our lives. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.